0: Chapter fourteen of the Secret Service by Albert Richardson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Greg Giordano. Chapter fourteen. He died to throw away the dearest thing he owed as twere a careless trifle. Macbeth. The devil can cite scripture for his purpose. Merchant of Venice. THE BATTLE OF WILSON CREEK ON the tenth of August, at Wilson Creek, two hundred and forty miles southwest of Saint Louis, occurred the hardest fought battle of the year. General Lyon had pursued the rebels to that corner of the state. He had called again and again for reinforcements, but at Washington nothing could be seen except Virginia lyon's force was five thousand two hundred men the enemy under ben mcculloch and sterling price numbered over eleven thousand according to mcculloch's official report lyon would not retreat he thought that would injure the cause more than to fight and be defeated to one of his staff officers the night before the engagement he said i believe in presentments and ever since this attack was planned i have felt that it would result disastrously but i cannot leave the country without a battle on his way to the field he was silent and abstracted but when the guns opened he gave his orders with great promptness and clearness he had probably resolved that he would not leave the field alive unless he left it as a victor by a singular coincidence The two armies marched out before daybreak on that morning, each to attack the other. They met, and for many hours the tide of battle ebbed and flowed. Lyon's little army fought with conspicuous gallantry. It contained the very best material. The following is a list, from memory, and therefore quite incomplete, of some officers who, winning here their first renown, afterward achieved wide and honorable reputation captain frederick steele at wilson creek afterward major general captain f j heron at wilson creek afterward major general major p j osterhouse at wilson creek afterward major general major s d sturgis At Wilson Creek. Afterward, Major General. Col. R. B. Mitchell. At Wilson Creek. Afterward, Major General. Col. Franz Siegel. At Wilson Creek. Afterward, Major General. Captain D. S. Stanley. At Wilson Creek. Afterward, Major General. Major J. M. Schofield. At Wilson Creek. Afterward, Major General. Captain Gordon Granger at Wilson Creek. Afterward, Major General. Captain J.B. Plummer at Wilson Creek. Afterward, Brigadier General. Captain James Totten at Wilson Creek. Afterward, Brigadier General. Captain E.A. Carr at Wilson Creek. Afterward brigadier general colonel george w detzler at wilson creek afterward brigadier general captain t w sweeney at wilson creek afterward brigadier general lieutenant colonel george l andrews at wilson creek afterward brigadier general major i f shepherd at wilson creek afterward brigadier general daring exploit of a kansas officer during the battle captain powell clayton's company of the first kansas volunteers becoming separated from the rest of our forces was approached by a regiment uniformed precisely like the first iowa clayton had just aligned his men with this new regiment When he detected small strips of red cloth on the shoulders of the privates which marked them as rebels with perfect coolness he gave the order right oblique march you are crowding too much upon this regiment by this maneuver his company soon placed a good fifty yards between itself and the rebel regiment when the adjutant of the latter rode up front suspicious that all was not right Turning to Clayton, he asked, What troops are these? First Kansas was the prompt reply. What regiment is that? Fifth Missouri, Colonel Clarkson. Southern or Union? Southern, said the rebel, wheeling his horse. But Clayton seized him by the collar and threatened to shoot him if he commanded his men to attack. The adjutant, heedless of his own danger, ordered his regiment to open fire upon the kansas company he was shot dead on the spot by clayton who told his men to run for their lives they escaped with the loss of only four the death of lyon toward evening lyon's horse was killed under him immediately afterward his officers begged that he would retire to a less exposed spot Scarcely raising his eyes from the enemy, he said, It is well enough that I stand here. I am satisfied. While the line was forming, he turned to Major Sturgis, who stood near him and remarked, I fear that the day is lost. I think I will lead this charge. Early in the day he had received a flesh wound in the leg, from which the blood flowed profusely. Sturgis NOW NOTICED FRESH BLOOD ON THE GENERAL'S HAT, AND ASKED WHERE IT CAME FROM. IT IS NOTHING, MAJOR, NOTHING BUT A WOUND IN THE HEAD, REPLIED LYON, MOUNTING A FRESH HORSE. WITHOUT TAKING THE HAT THAT WAS HELD OUT TO HIM BY MAJOR Sturgis, HE SHOUTED TO THE SOLDIERS, FORWARD, MEN, I WILL LEAD YOU. TWO MINUTES LATER HE LAY DEAD ON THE FIELD, PIERCED BY A RIFLE BALL THROUGH THE BREAST JUST ABOVE THE HEART. OUR OFFICERS HELD A HURRIED CONSULTATION, AND DECIDED NOT ONLY TO RETREAT, BUT TO ABANDON SOUTHWEST MISSOURI. STRANGELY ENOUGH, THE COINCIDENCE OF THE MORNING WAS HERE REPEATED. ALMOST SIMULTANEOUSLY, THE REBELS DECIDED TO FALL BACK. THEY WERE IN FULL RETREAT WHEN THEY WERE ARRESTED BY THE NEWS OF THE DEPARTURE OF THE FEDERAL TROOPS, AND RETURNED TO TAKE POSSESSION OF THE FIELD which the last union soldier had abandoned eight hours before they claimed a great victory and with justice as they finally held the ground their journals were very jubilant said the new orleans picayune lion is killed seagull in flight southwestern missouri is clear of the national scum of invaders the next word will be on to st louis that taken the whole power of lincolnism is broken in the west and instead of shouting ho for richmond and ho for new orleans there will be hurrying to and fro among the frightened magnates at washington and anxious inquiries of what they shall do to save themselves from the vengeance to come heaven smiles on the armies of the confederate states lion's courage and patriotism Lyon went into the battle in civilian's dress, excepting only a military coat. He had on a soft hat of ashen hue, with long fur and very broad brim, turned up on three sides. He had worn it for a month. It would have individualized the wearer among fifty thousand men. His peculiar dress and personal appearance were well known through the enemy's camp. He received a new... An elegant uniform just before the battle but it was never worn until his remains were clothed in it after the brave spirit had fled and while our forces were retreating from springfield by night notwithstanding his personal bravery and military education he always opposed dueling on principle no provocation made him recognize the code once he was struck in the face But he had courage enough to refuse to challenge his adversary for a time this subjected him to misapprehension and contempt among military men but long before his death his fellow officers understood and respected him he seemed to care little for personal fame to think only of the cause knowing exactly what was before him he went to death on that summer evening as a man goes to his bridle losing a life he gained an immortality his memory is green in the nation's heart his name high on her roll of honor arrival of general fremont on the 25th of july major general john c fremont reached st louis in command of the western department his advent was hailed With great enthusiasm the newspapers west predicted for him achievements extravagant and impossible as those which the new york journals had foretold from mcclellan in those sanguine days the whole country made young napoleons to order with characteristic energy fremont plunged into the business of his new department where chaos reigned and he had no spell to evoke order save the boundless patriotism and earnestness of the people his headquarters were established on chatel avenue he was overrun with visitors every captain or corporal or civilian seeking to prosecute his business with the general in person he was therefore compelled to shut himself up and by the sweeping refusal to admit petitioners to him A few were excluded whose business was important. Some dissatisfaction and some jesting resulted. I remember three Kansas officers, charged with affairs of moment, who used daily to be merry, describing how they had made a reconnaissance toward Fremont's headquarters, fought a lively engagement, and driven in the pickets, only to find the main garrison so well-guarded that they were quite unable to force it union families driven out st louis august twenty sixth, 1861 a long caravan of old-fashioned virginia wagons containing rude chairs bedsteads and kitchen utensils passed through town yesterday they brought from the southwest families who forced from their homes a melancholy train are seeking in free illinois that protection which government is unable to afford them in missouri at least fifty thousand inoffensive persons have thus fled since the rebellion august twenty nine we were lately surprised and gratified to learn that a gentleman from minnesota had offered an unasked loan of forty six thousand dollars to the government authorities gratified at such spontaneous patriotism and surprised that any man who lived in minnesota should have forty six thousand dollars the latter mystery has been explained by the discovery that he never took his funds to that vortex of real estate speculation but left them in this city where he formerly resided moreover his money was in missouri currency which though at par here in business transactions is at a discount of eight percent on gold and new york exchange the loan is to be returned to him in gold so after all there is probably as much human nature to the square acre in minnesota as anywhere else september six egypt to the rescue is the motto upon the banner of a new illinois regiment southern illinois known as egypt is turning out men for the mississippi campaign with surprising liberality whereupon a fiery secessionist triumphantly calls attention to this prophetic text from hosea egypt shall gather them up memphis shall bury them the aptness of the citation is admirable but he is reminded in return that the pet phrase of the rebels let us alone was the prayer of a man possessed of a devil to the savior of the world an involuntary sojourn with rebels i have just met a gentleman residing in southwestern missouri whose experience is novel he visited the camp of the rebels to reclaim a pair of valuable horses which they had taken from his residence they not only retained the stolen animals but also took from him those with which he went in pursuit and left him the alternative of walking home twenty-three miles through a dangerous region or remaining in their camp. Fond of adventure, he chose the latter, and for three weeks messed with the Missouri company. The facetious scoundrels told him that they could not afford to keep him unless he earned his living and employed him as a teamster. He had philosophy enough to make the best of it, and flattered himself, he became a very credible mule-driver early on the morning of august tenth he was breakfasting with the officers from a dry-goods box which served for a table when bang went a cannon not more than two or three hundred yards from them and crash came a ball cutting off the branches just above their heads here is the devil to pay the dutch are upon us exclaimed the captain springing up and ordering his company to form my friend was a looker-on from the southern side during the whole battle he gives a graphic account of the joy of the rebels at finding the body of general lyon lying under a tree the first information they had of his death and their surprise and consternation at the bravery with which the little union army fought to the bitter end twenty leading secessionists our endurance vile here. There is a poetic justice in the fact that their prison was formerly a slave pen, and that they are enabled to study state rights from old Negro quarters. September 7 A Startling Confederate Atrocity The rebels have just perpetrated a new and startling atrocity. They cut down the high railroad bridge over the Little Platte River near St. Joseph. The next train from Hannibal reached the spot at midnight, and its locomotive and five cars were precipitated thirty feet into the bed of the river. More than fifty passengers were dangerously wounded, and twenty instantly killed. They were mainly women and children. There was not a single soldier among them. September fifteenth. General Fremont is issuing written guarantees for their freedom to the slaves of rebels they are in the form of real estate conveyances releasing the recipient from all obligations to his master declaring him forever free from servitude and with full right and authority to control his own labor they are headed deed of manumission authenticated by the great seal of the western department and the signature of its commander Think of giving a man a warranty deed for his own body and soul. In compliance with imperative orders from the government, several regiments, though sadly needed here, are being sent eastward. To the colonel commanding one of them, the order was conveyed by Fremont in these characteristic terms. Repair at once to Washington. Transportation is provided for you. My friend, I am sorry to part with you. But there are laurels growing on the banks of the Potomac. End of Chapter 14. Recording by Greg Giordano, Newport Richie, Florida.